Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39, as we have been looking at the life of Joseph and and um, learning and growing, hopefully through his life. We're going to continue that this morning. Um, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 39. As, as you're turning there, uh, I look, Chris, can you go ahead and put up the, the slide? Okay, we've been talking about the life, uh, the time, God's timeline in the life of Joseph. Uh, <clears throat> he was sold into slavery. Uh, he was purchased by a man named uh, Potiphar, and he uh, lived there for a while. His first test we talked about last week was how to live. And um, this this morning we're gonna we're gonna be moving on from that. Um, Genesis chapter 39, let's read verse verse 2 this morning. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was, prosper, he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. <clears throat> Last week we covered verses 1 through 6, and <clears throat> we, we do not know the time frame of Genesis 1, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 39 verses 1 through 6. Uh, we, we have to assume that it is a it is a lengthy period, probably multiple years, because Joseph had to become, uh, 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 he had to learn the language, he had to become familiar with the culture, um, uh, he had to move up the corporate ladder, if you would, if, you know, uh, move up in, in the uh, respect and the the, the master's trust, uh, Potiphar. So a lot of things had to happen. So this, th- this period of time, for verses 1 through 6, is more than likely a period of, of many years. <clears throat> Joseph, <clears throat> Joseph was a man who accomplished much in his short life. Uh, at this point, he was he was probably in his twenties, uh, early twenties. And we're gonna put up the next slide, if you would, please, Chris. <clears throat> okay, the next the next item in our timeline is hit the second test. The first test is how am I gonna live? How how am I going to live in Potiphar's house? And Joseph chose to live a victorious life. The second temptation or the second test here is we see the temptation that comes and we're going to be reading this here in just a second but Joseph is tempted beyond imagination and and we're going to we're going to talk about that this morning um so let's uh let's go ahead and read it in uh verse verse 7 <clears throat> let's uh let's start reading and it came to pass after these things, after what things? After after living in Potiphar's house for some time. So after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my, my master rotteth not that is uh, with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is... None greater than the uh, in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. 
because thou art his wife, how shall I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie with him, or to, excuse me, to lie with her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went out into the house to do his business, and there was none of the of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in, in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and her and was flood uh, forth that she came unto the men of the house and spake unto them saying see he hath uh, brought a an hebrew unto us to mock us he came in unto me to lie with me and cried with a loud voice and it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and he uh, and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until the Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me and mocked me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and, and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled, fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard these, the, the words of his wife, when she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did, he, uh, did, they, <coughs> excuse me, did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him, and put him into into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, as we come to you this morning, we need you to speak to our hearts. We ask that you would help us to grow and help us to see you. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Dealing with temptation is the title of my message this morning. Temptation is nothing new to mankind. Uh, It started in the garden. Okay, Those of you that know your Bible probably already figured that one out. Uh, In in, uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it pleased... Uh, that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Okay, now I want to give you the progression here of temptation. This is important because the progression of temptation is laid out in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. What did... What is, what is the first thing? It, it, she saw it, right? Okay, so the first step to temptation is to see it. So she saw it, 
then it was pleasing to the eye or it, it pleased her. What she, what she saw was pleasing. She then took it. She then partook of it or she ate it. And then she gave it away. To, she gave it to Adam. Temptation is one of those things that you always want to share with someone else. If you, if you fall into the temptation, um, you always want to bring others along with you. That is the progression of temptation. James chapter 1, verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now let me say this. I get people periodically will say, Pastor, how do I know if something is right or not? Because we 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 all are tempted, okay? Every one of us is tempted. The the sin does not happen because you're tempted. The sin happens because you partake, okay? We're all tempted, and we're, it's, even Jesus was tempted, and we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But the easiest way to answer the question, how do I know something is right and something is wrong, is pretty simple. If you're honest with yourself, down deep inside, you know what's right. Temptation, by its very nature, is usually wrong. Just saying. We always know. God has given within us a conscience, and our conscience tells us what's right and what's wrong. And generally speaking, when somebody comes to me and they're, they're wanting to do something that, you know, a, a lot of times what I've learned to say is, well, what do you think? And they look at me like, that's not what I asked. They want to know what I think. And the, the, and <clears throat> the problem is they already know. Temptation is, a, is something that we all deal with. But like I said earlier, even Jesus was tempted. In Mark chapter 1, verse 13, it says, And he uh, was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Uh, for 40 days he was tempted, but he never gave in to the temptation. How do you know that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Uh, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with uh, the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. See, the problem isn't being tempted. The problem is giving in to the temptation. That's, That's where the problem occurs. The, in the in the in the mishandling, if you would, of temptation. First Corinthians, uh, chapter ten and verse thirteen. There have no temptation taken you, but which is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temp- temptation also make a way of ex- escape, <clears throat> that ye may be able to bear it. God always provides a way out. Eve had a way out. Joseph, as we read, had a way out. What was what was what was what was Eve's way out? Not just to say no. It would have been that simple. What was Joseph's way out? He ran. 
He wasn't going to be a part of it. We also have a way out. Now that way isn't always easy, but there's always a way. I, I, as I was studying, I, 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 had a, I had a thought. I wanted to share this thought with you. Temptation usually comes during times of prosperity, does it not? Because it's during times of prosperity that we let our guards down. And we just read in, in, at the beginning in, in uh, verse 2 of chapter 39, it says, And Joseph was a prosperous man. Things were going well in his life. And that is when Satan will tempt us the most. Point number one this morning, the lies that come with temptation. The lies that come with temptation. I want to give you five things, five lies that we see in the passage that we just read. Seven to, uh, verse says 7 to 20. <clears throat> five things, five lies that every single one of us has dealt with at least at a least hundred times in our lives. The first one, lie number one, <clears throat> it's okay to just look. It's okay to just look. Look at verses six and seven. <clears throat> and he left all that he had in, in, in Joseph's hand and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. <clears throat> the, the word goodly here in, in uh, verse 6 that describes um, Joseph, the word goodly here, uh, literally means to be, well, what we would say today, handsome or, or good-looking, kind of like me, okay? <clears throat> Why is everybody laughing? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, but seri seriously, it, just, it literally means to just be good-looking. Now, when Potiphar's wife says that she, that she cast her eyes upon him, what that, what is that saying is that she watched him. Every move that he made, he, she was watching him. She, it wasn't that she was just looking at him, but she was, she was watching everything about him. When our, when our kids were little, <clears throat> one of the ways that <clears throat> we tried to um, teach our children that if something was not theirs, they didn't touch it. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> so when we would go into stores like Walmart and different like you know stores like that, and we'd go into the toy section, <clears throat> what what do what do kids like to do? Touch and you know. So, but our our family rule, you know, one of our family rules was you don't if it's not yours, don't touch it. So we would we would be in the in the toy aisle. And, and they, would, they would be looking at something and, and you would see the, the hand going out to touch it. And, and, you know, my wife or I would say, don't touch. <clears throat> and, they would, and they'd pull their hands back. And both of our kids got to the point where they would, they would lean over 
and get get as close as they could without their nose touching. Am I right? And <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was it was it was awesome to watch. Um, but <clears throat> one of the lies that Satan will tell you: it's okay to look. You can look. <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hurt to look. But what happened to Potiphar's wife? She cast her eyes to Joseph. And it, the look became more than just a look. When our kids would do that, what were they what were they communicating to mom and I? I want that. That that was that that's what they were communicating. Even though they weren't touching, the communication was very clear. With Eve, it started with a look. Psalm chapter 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It uh, It shall not cleave to me. Let me ask you, what are you looking at on TV? What kind of books are you reading? What kind of social media are you paying attention to? See, it starts with a look. Line number two. Well, before we do that, let me let me say I had another thought as I was kind of contemplating this. I don't know. We we are not told, but Potiphar's wife must have been a beautiful woman. Because, and this is what this is why I say that is because because Satan would only tempt Joseph with something beautiful. What was the what, what I almost said apple. Nowhere in the Bible does it say the fruit was an apple. Okay, just saying. Okay, (laughs) but what was the fruit to Eve? It was pleasant to the eye. So lie number one, it's okay to look. Number two, uh, it's not that bad. Look at verse seven. And it came to pass these things that the master's Wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. I can almost hear her saying, Oh, come on. Come on, it's not that bad. Her proposition was not uncommon or unexpected in that society. See, in order to understand the Bible, oftentimes we need to understand the culture in which things are happening. The Egyptian society, the Egyptian culture, right, during this period of time was very pagan. And the thing that she was suggesting was commonplace in that society. Ah, it's not that bad. Everybody's doing it. You ever hear that one? Joseph did not see it as 
ah, it's not that bad. Joseph saw it as God sees it. John Butler wrote this, the devil is the master at sophisticating sin and dignifying defilement. I like that. Oh, come on, it's not that bad. I can't tell you how many times I've heard young people say that to me over the years. But look at verses 8 and 9. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master rotteth not what is uh, with me in, in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Lie number one. It's okay just to look. It's really not that bad. Lie number two. And then lie number three. It only happens one time. You ever heard that one? Look at verse 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie with her or to be with her. She did not take no for an answer. She kept on and on and on. We live in a society today that we are constantly being bombarded with temptations. I love the, I love the commercials that I deserve a brand new vehicle. I deserve to go into debt to pay for your $2 million house. I mean, I, I love those commercials. It makes absolutely no sense. But we, we are constantly being bombarded with things that we need, quote-unquote. Things that we desire. It is a never-ending temptation. In John chapter 3, uh, excuse me, 1 John chapter 2, where did 3 come from? I have no idea. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. <clears throat> Oh, I know we're three. Anyway, never mind. Um, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. We are tempted in three ways. That's where three came from. We are tempted in three ways. Every temptation that you face in your life will be one of these three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's how temptation comes. Every single time. Every temptation that you face will come in one of those three ways. But the Bible warns us to be careful of temptation in multiple places, but let me just read you one. Uh, in First Peter chapter 5, and verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, 
as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. One of the things that we need to remember, especially going back to the Garden of Eden, what was Satan's desire there? Was Satan's desire to get Eve in trouble? No. It was to devour her. Because what was the result? What did God say would be the result of eating of the fruit of good and evil? Death. See, Satan is out to destroy us. And the way he does that is by bringing temptations into our lives. And then when we mishandle those temptations, then he wins. Because he's out to destroy us. He's not out to, do, he's not out to make your life miserable. That's not the point. He's out to destroy you. Line number four, and and one of not, I shouldn't say one of my favorites because it's not, but it it is, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Um, line number four, no one will ever know. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one? I re, I, re, I remember growing up, my brother was a master of getting me in trouble. And and one of the lines he would always use with me is, nobody will ever know. Yeah, and somehow my mom always found out. But look at verse 11. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and what? There was no one there. Everybody was gone. And line number four came out of her mouth. Hey, nobody would ever know. The truth is this. We are, we are more likely to give in to temptation when we think there was little or no chance of getting caught. Am I right? Absolutely. But you all know the next verse I'm going to read, if you know if you know if you're familiar with the Bible. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. See, we can we can give in to temptation. And we can watch something on the internet, or we can watch something on TV, or we can do something that probably isn't the best thing for us to be doing. But nobody will know. Really. God always knows. And you always know. <clears throat> Joseph understood the impact of what she was wanting to do. Let's go back and read verse 9. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from from uh, me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then, now, now get this, how then can I do this w great wickedness and sin against God? See, Joseph understood that the act that was going to that that she wanted to take place was a was a was a wicked thing 
but he also understood how much it would grieve the heart of God. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as men seeth. For men looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. See, God knows our hearts. God knows our hearts. And just because nobody ever finds out doesn't mean it's okay. And let me say this also. Just because something is legal doesn't mean it's right. We live in a society today that has legalized a lot of things that are really bad. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. Line number five. Are you ready for this one? Okay, let's go through the list. It's okay to just look. It's It's not that bad. It's only one time. No one will ever know. I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Look at verse 12. And she caught him by his garment and saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Again, I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but with, but will with the, the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to, to bear it. Joseph ran. He had a way out. Now, I'm going to say something here, and, and I, I, hope, I hope you understand this is my opinion, okay? We, I cannot prove what I'm about to say, but I believe this with all my heart. I believe that Joseph knew something really, really bad was going to happen to him because of this situation. I just believe that. And Joseph ran knowing that she was going to want revenge. And that revenge was going to be bad. How do we know that? We know that because of the brutality of the Egyptian people. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago that Potiphar was the captain of the guard and it was his job to carry out all the executions and the beatings and all the horrible things that were going to, that happened it was Joseph, it was it was Potiphar's job to do all that stuff so he was he literally worked for a really really bad individual and Joseph had to have known that when he took off running he did have a choice The choice was either I'm going to do right and pay the consequences or I'm going to do wrong and offend an almighty God. But I believe with all my heart 
and I, again, I can't prove it, but I just believe it, that Joseph knew that something bad was going to happen. Now, obviously, he didn't know what, but he chose to do right. So there are your five lies that we see here, <clears throat> the lies that come with temptation. And that the amazing thing is all five of those things, uh, those, those, those lies, <clears throat> it, it, it still happens today. There's nothing new under the sun. But I want to look at one more thing before, we, before we're done, and that is the, the response to temptation. And this is really, really the important part of the message. Joseph's response to temptation. He gives us three incredible ways that we can respond when temptation comes into our life. Because it is not a matter of if temptation comes into our life. It is a matter of when temptation comes into our lives. Temptation is just a part of life. And we need to learn how to respond properly. And Joseph is a perfect example of how we can deal with that. Response number one, and please get this, because this is absolutely critical. Response number one, predetermine your actions. Predetermine your actions. Joseph did not have to think about the situation. He told her, no, 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 no. And then when it got down to the point where he had to, he had to make that choice, the choice had already been made. He didn't have to think about it. The choice had already been made. The argument had already been settled in his thinking. We also see this in the life of Daniel. Those of you that are familiar with the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1 in verse 8, Daniel had been captured and carried off to the land of Babylon. And Joseph, or, or, and, and Daniel purposed, in, in, in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Before, the, the, before Daniel was even tempted with something, he had purpose in his heart that he wasn't going to do it. And the best way to fight temptation is to predetermine how we're going to handle it. Because if we predetermine it, then we don't have to decide how we're going to live. The decision is already made. Response number two. Respond immediately. Respond immediately. We see this in, in Joseph's life. Joseph did not have to... <clears throat> Joseph did not look at Potiphar's wife and say this. You know what? That, that's really a bad thing, but you know what? Let me pray about it. Isn't that the religious answer? Let, let me pray about it. No, Joseph, Joseph had it already prayed. It, it was already settled. And he, he, didn't, he didn't play around. He's like, no. You belong to my master you are his wife 
and you were asking me to do something really wicked that would offend my God. No. There was no pause there. As I was contemplating this, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but there are certain people in the Bible that when we get to heaven, I want to look them up. Okay, just just saying. I know it sounds weird, but I just do. But there's three guys in the Bible that I, I, I just, to me, are just incredible, incredible people. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in the same boat Daniel was in. They had been taken captive by the Babylonian uh, uh, king, Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had set up a golden image, and, and, he, and he said everybody in the kingdom had to bow down and worship this, this idol. And it came the, the day came when the, 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 the trumpets all sounded, all the music, everything sounded, and, and everybody had to bow down, but only three people didn't. And that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were called in before the king, and, and the, the king was furious at them. And, and in Daniel chapter 3, in verses 16 to 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O king, uh, or, or excuse me, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, we don't even have to think about it. The choice has been made before. We don't, we don't even have to think about it. That would be like walking into the White House and saying, you know what, President, I don't care what you think. That, that's the, well, actually, it would be worse because this guy was getting ready to kill him. We, don't, we, we, we are not careful in, to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will, <clears throat> and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known to, unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I love these guys. I want to be like them when I grow up. Just, just consistent and determined to serve God no matter what's going on. You know, there's a big difference in saying no immediately and saying no yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, I, you know, no, I, no, I don't want to do that. When we answer, no, 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 I don't want to do that. What are you really saying? You're, you're saying I really want to do it, but you know, I, if my wife found out, or if my, my parents found out, you know, but down deep inside, I really, really want to do it. But, yeah, I probably shouldn't, you know. There's a big difference. And I love Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. There was no question in the king's mind. No question what they were going to do.
So response number one, predetermine your actions. Number two, respond immediately. And then in closing, number three, and we'll be done. <clears throat> Our response should bring honor to God. Our response should bring honor to God. Look at verse 9. There is none greater in this house than, uh, than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? What was Joseph's greatest fear? Was it getting Potiphar mad at him or offending God? Offending God. See, and if we will honor God in our choices, when temptation comes, it takes a lot of it off the table. And it makes it a whole lot easier for us to make choices based on whether we want to offend an almighty God or not. Joseph had predetermined his response. His response was immediate, and his response honored God. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Those of you that, that know the story know the end of it. Some of you may not know the story, so let me read you the end of the story. But let me kind of fill in the blank here. The, the king, after, after they basically told him to take a hike, the king got really mad. And, and the punishment for the, for the, for the uh, infraction was to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Well, the king was so mad, he had it turned up seven times. They kept throwing coal on it. And they got it, they got it so hot that the guards that were tasked with throwing the three guys into the furnace, as they got close to throw them in, the, the, the soldiers that threw them in died because of the heat of the furnace. That's how hot it was. And the king stood there, and as he looked into the furnace, he saw the three of them walking around. But those of you that know the story, what happened inside the furnace? There was a fourth person in there walking with them. And the king looks at his, at his entourage there, and he says, he says, didn't we throw three guys in there? And he says, there's a, there's a fourth one that looks like the Son of God. So he calls them out of the furnace. So the guys walk out. And the Bible says that there was not even a, not even a, a piece of fabric even had a, had a singe on it. And they, not even the smell of smoke. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. What was the result of them standing for right. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's words. Wow. And yielded their bodies that they may that <clears throat> that they might not serve nor worship any god except their god. Now I want you to pick out something here because this is really really important. 
there are two words here that look very similar but are very different. It says that they might not serve nor worship any small g God except their own capital G God. Big difference. Nebuchadnezzar was acknowledging the fact that there was a God in heaven. And because of these three men standing for right, Nebuchadnezzar caught a glimpse of the Son of God. And when we do right, when temptation comes and we do right, we stand strong and we do right, we can have the same influence in the lives of others. Let's predetermine our actions. Let's respond immediately, but more importantly, let's bring honor to God in our choices. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. Lord, you are so good to us, so kind and so gracious. And Lord, as we uh, bring our service to an end, I ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us, dear God, to be more like you. We need you because uh, everything that we've talked about this morning, we cannot do in our own strength. We need you to work in our lives. Christ through me is the song that we sang this morning. Not I, but Christ through me. We need you. Help us, dear God. With every head bowed.